Welcome to The Board, a podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the mechanical keyboard community. Proudly brought to you by Idea23. Awesome caps at great prices. And Kivio, the place for split keyboards. Good evening, Kevin. Good evening, Don. I didn't successfully done that. <laughs> Don't tell anybody I messed up the intro. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't. Why would I tell anybody that you've messed up the intro? You yeah, you're right. I nailed second it. Second try. Stuck it. Stuck the landing. Hundred percent of the time. The second time. Uh, how has your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's just been busy. Uh, what warm weather? Um, now, 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 you said that you were sick earlier this week or today from uh, some some dodgy street food. Yeah, so I ate some like some like night market type food that you kind of just find around all of Asia. Most of the time, it's, you're relatively safe with it, but I eventually got some that didn't sit well with me, so I had a had a rough night. But I, it, it's like it's a lot better now. I, I think I recovered like very quickly for for what it's worth, and it took long enough to like really have any problems. So I am like I, I, I am like thankful that I didn't have this problem beforehand at all. So yeah, I'm not not too mad about it. Do you, do you actually know what it was that you ate, or you ate too many different things from the street vendors? Uh, I, I can't like isolate the incident. There's no hope. <laughs> now, are you going to continue to eat street food? I'm taking a break and I'm going to stick to mainstream restaurants and things for a little bit. Do you actually have any capacity to cook at, at your place that you're saying at? Yeah, I'm just, I just been too lazy because I actually don't have like any cookware right now and I need to go shopping for it. <laughs> And I just don't want to, but I, I am going to very soon. Well, I guess at least because you're in Asia, it should be relatively cheap to be able to furnish yourself with, you know, a rice cooker and some pots and pans and stuff, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can cook, like, noodles and rice really easily. But, you know, I can tell you, the, the legendary iron stomachs of Southeast Asians comes from years of abusing their digestive systems with street food. So if you're going to survive there for a long term... I really would advise you not to lay off the street food, but just keep tackling it. Like, as long as you keep up your fluids and you manage to keep some food in you, the fact that it might eject itself uh, from your bodily, regardless of which direction, on a regular basis, you will build the immunity required to eat anything and everything from the street food vendors. Yeah, yeah either, either make it or you die trying. <laughs> <laughs> Dehydration is your number one enemy, so once you have plenty of fluid, you'll you'll be good. But uh, you know, oh, you can the, probably see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue, continue. I, I was going to say you can probably hear that I'm also sick this week too. So uh, we we've both had a bit of that uh, unpleasant experience. So yeah, you have like a little baby that just like absorbs things and like brings them back to you and then touches your face. You know, yeah. childcare is really just a full blown cesspool of malaise like the ladies who work at daycare where my daughter go they must have immune systems like like granite just rock solid you know you never see or hear that they're sick at all but it's probably because they're in contact with the disease non-stop and and they're just like ramped completely up their immune systems you know they'll never get cancer because as soon as that cancer cell comes along it's like bam their immune system is going to flatten it because they're so used to having kids with all sorts of things yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> my wife's been sick this week, and so is my daughter and me. So it's uh, so everybody's sick. Yeah. Wow. It's like a sick party. The board's sick week. Um. Yeah. Another thing which I finally tried this week. Uh, I guess I tried it last week, but I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. Is Bluetooth headphones? Dawn. They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. It's Bluetooth. Headphones are so good. Like, you think that it's not that great because all it is is no cord and then you have to charge it. And I was like that too for many years, but I finally gave them an opportunity and I 
I do not need a headphone jack anymore. I do not need wired headphones anymore. I will just charge wireless and use Bluetooth. It's so good. It's so good. So, now, of course, we are kind of deviating a little bit from keyboards here, but hey, you know, this is technology, this is life, um, and I suppose it's a bit of background for, for our listeners on our lives outside of the community of, of keyboards, but how much does a set of Bluetooth headphones set you back wherever you are? Um, I bought some, like, some, like, Huawei, the Chinese brand. Yep. I bought some of those for, like, $20, and, like, it's I went I wanted to buy like a cheap one instead of buying like the hundred dollar Apple ones that are like super trendy and rel- probably so we're like talking, we're decent talking earbuds right we're not talking about like cans right? yeah yeah earbuds and right. like for twenty dollars like I am like very satisfied like I have so how long do they last in their charge uh maybe four hours oh which is not like that much but. See, I'm like, I'm very smart. So you know what I did, Don, is I bought two. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I, I Four hours would annoy me. Like, I get annoyed if I have to charge a device daily. Well, I'm, I'm used to charging stuff maybe once every three days for, for my phone and my, my tablet and stuff like that. So if I had to charge it, like, after every four hours, that would just... That would just irk me. It really would. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I understand. Well, I, I think the battery is only going to get better as time progresses. Yeah, to a certain extent. But, uh, you know what? This week's actually been relatively light on topics, hasn't it? Yeah, this is incredibly light. Someone needs to like go do some, some drama so we have something to talk about. Just go... <laughs> Start a fire, a a, a theoretic, not a theor, the, not not actually a fire, like not a real fire, a drama fire. Well, you know, I want to start off with something a little bit fun, and uh, it, it's actually the topic that you got highlighted right now. Now, so one of our listeners, uh, Proto TRD, one of our fans, who's also on our Slack group, has put up a post on Reddit in that he has a gherkin kit that he wants to give away. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this right now versus when we normally do our other giveaways is because it's technically not our giveaway. It's Proto TRD's giveaway, but we're just helping him facilitate that. The The conditions of the giveaway is that I'm going to be dropping two words today in tonight's episode that you will need to PM him to be in the chance of winning that giveaway. Now, in addition to that, you have to actually reply on the post with your best dad joke. So I'm going to release the first word out of the two right now. And that word is cool, spelled C-O-O-L. Okay, and then later in the episode, I'm going to release the second word. So make sure you write that down if you're interested. Of course, the link to that actual post so you have a chance to get in on that giveaway uh, will be with the notes. And I believe he's running that giveaway until the 27th of May, which is in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, yeah. you know, if if you guys listening want to do anything fun like that uh, and get us involved, or if you want to help in facilitating anything, shoutouts, uh, even for new Discords, meetups, events, stuff that you got going on, just let us know. Shoot us a message, get onto Slack, or ask us for an invite to Slack. I keep forgetting to say, if you're interested in joining our community, we've got 54 people on our Slack at the moment. A lot of them are inactive, but you know, that's okay. You can come along and just lurk if you want to. But uh, it's a cool bunch of people hanging around just chatting keyboards and non-keyboard stuff. So Lots of young, successful singles in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say that because... Like, we have buy, swap, sell type of opportunities in Discord and on Reddit. And, you know, there's the Agoramic marketplace and stuff like that. I wonder if anyone would ever go to the point of creating, like, a Tinder for keyboards. Where you, like, swipe on people's keyboards? Or you, like, swipe people who own keyboards? <laughs> it's very different. Well, why not, why not two separate apps for both those kind of conditions? So, like, you put a picture of your keyboard or your artisan and you swipe left 
or right. I don't know which way you're supposed to swipe for, for good and bad. Right is like good if you like swipe right. Okay, so if you're interested in buying it or, you know, getting onto that particular sale, then you could swipe right and then you hook up and get details and you would, you know, get connected with the seller. Hook up, wait, hook up, Don. That's got some different context in different cultures. (laughs) Slow down. You just said that you're going to meet them for the first time. (laughs) Well, maybe it could be a bit of both. You're you're buying a keyboard and you're going to hook up with them. Hey. Well, I mean, you started this by saying, you know, successful single mechanical keyboard people, right? (laughs) (laughs) Only at the board podcast Slack. Uh, this is what happens when you don't have medication and you're sick and your mind wanders in funny ways. But uh, <laughs> I've actually had more Panadol this past week than I've had like in a year. And for those who aren't actually familiar with what Panadol is, I think the equivalent in America is like Tylenol. Tylenol? Is it? What is it? Tylenol. Tylenol. Yeah. Tylenol. It's not aspirin, but it's uh, it's paracetamol basically. Paracetamol. So I've I've That's heard my middle name a lot of it. Anyway, so um, yeah, let's let's get rolling into a couple of interesting things that have come across this week. Uh, first and foremost, what do you want to talk about? Um, yeah, let's talk about um, let's talk about this. Uh, introducing the blue micro thing i don't really like (laughs) i don't really know what it is so just tell me what it is okay (laughs) the blue micro all right so some of you might know that i have been playing around with making a lot of macro pads and basic type pcbs with very simple matrix and a couple of compatibility options but for most part my designs have been all based on the pro micro and only one so far on the teensy this, of course, is a limiting factor because you're going to have to use a uh, micro USB, not a mini, or a, a USB-C connector, and also it limits you because the Pro Micro only has 18 usable pins, and it has a limitation in regards to uh, PWMs for dimmable LEDs and stuff like that. So, seeing this thread, which uh, came out was where somebody's looked at replacing the Pro Micro with a Bluetooth module. So they've actually successfully done a prototyping for it, but now there's an issue with the coding to work for other layouts and formats. So they've got a chip, they've identified different components that will work with Bluetooth, they they designed it and they found a, a E72- 2G4MOA module, which apparently is FCC approved, and it's you know it's suitable. Oh, excuse me. But uh, so they've actually designed it. There's a couple of pictures that would show this particular uh, chip. It looks pretty cool. It's really nifty. Uh, and they are basically just saying, you know what, this is a work in progress. And if you're interested in helping out with coding. They would certainly love to hear from you because there's still a long way to go for it to be workable with KubeK. Because by default, it is not actually KubeK compatible. Um, oh man, I'm really str- starting to struggle right now. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really cool because it means now the stuff that I'm building, the stuff that I'm designing, if the pinout or even if it's a footprint issue, can be replaced with the footprint of the blue micro it gives so much freedom because you were talking about having bluetooth uh headphones earphones earlier now you could have bluetooth custom macro pads and bluetooth simple pcb keyboards oh god i i always said like bluetooth headphones are stupid till i tried them and i still say bluetooth keyboards are stupid but now i should try them <laughs> Well, I mean, you know the AND, right? The Obis AND? Yeah, the 60%. The 60%. And the AND Pro, which is like the Bluetooth-enabled one, it's very, very popular. Because why not? Like, you got Bluetooth on your phone, you get Bluetooth on your tablet, you can get Bluetooth receivers built into uh, PC motherboards, as well as, like, the Logitech Universal Receiver, which receives Bluetooth and wireless. That logs into a USB port. Like, 
you could have one single keyboard in your backpack that you could walk around anywhere with and a macro pad or a numpad or whatever that can now hook up to any of these devices by using this particular chip completely custom designed to your requirements how cool would that be there's so much potential so much potential there's too much Absolutely. potential <laughs> how how is it possible that there's too much potential it's <laughs> too much potential for one man the With ergo responsibility the, er, the ergo travel Ah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, um, I think it's really fantastic that people in the community are just continually pushing these boundaries. You know, we've, we've seen what Jack from OLKB is trying to do with the Proton-C, which is bring a USB-C connector with the sound uh, headers on it as well to replace the Pro Micro slash TNC footprint. And now seeing the Blue Micro going towards that Bluetooth side is, is really opening up so many options out there. Now, if it's a direct one-for-one replacement, that would be amazing because you could just desolder your Pro Micro and put the Blue Micro in, plus its power requirements from a battery or whatever, and then bam, away you go. Be pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. You just decided to completely stuff up. Like, I sound... Suggested well, right now. You made it to the end of the, of the you made it to the end of the <laughs> section. <laughs> you did it. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing that I wanted to mention, which I just added to our list, actually. Yep. Was Quakeums Brian from Top Clack put out a living stabilizer modification guide, which uh, is actually something that. I thought is pretty, uh, I mean, it's super in-depth and a lot of pictures, which people are good with. People like pictures. And stabilizers are kind of, there's no, there haven't been like too many like good guides and a lot of them are like older. So I like that he put in a lot of thought to this. And I think if you are interested in modding your stabilizers for a new build, and you haven't, then give this a check out because because I think it's worth looking. It's on the topclack.com website and you go to textclack. There's there's actually a lot of uh, guides and stuff that, that Brian and Huey have worked on over there. So it's actually a really great site, I would say. Yeah, I remember originally they had a plan of doing some sort of like collab with J-Chan, but I don't know what... If this is like the reborn version of that, but yeah, it's cool that they put this out. And of you course, sh- you know, if you're somehow listening to our podcast and you have no idea what we're talking about with Top Clack, make sure you go out and check Top Clack's uh, Twitch channel and stream. Uh, they're they're not exactly a podcast. They do actually offer a podcast version of their show, but they are actually a video stream. Uh, they stream heaps of stuff. Like they do stuff like what we're doing right now, but live, and they also do like builds with uh, designers from uh, the community on designing keyboards, as well as just like random hangouts and late night builds and stuff like that. So you know, Brian, Ooh, I, can, can hear I can do a case. Too. I can do a case design like live stream. Yeah, for sure. If you wanted to, that wouldn't be too hard. I mean, it would be like a rectangle, but <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I will maximum optimization of the material, okay? <laughs> the, the level, just uh, it's just a straight up square with a hole in the middle and some yes. points, right? Yes. <laughs> now, uh, moving on to our next topic for tonight, I want to give a bit of a shout out and promotion for some uh, feline charity goodness. So about a week ago, G Wiz Without posted the details for Clack for Cats. Uh, it's basically a event where they do fundraising to help out uh, cats that are currently in cat shelters. So there's there's a whole bunch of people who've been involved in this. Um, we're talking like uh, Blitzcaps, Boomstaps, Chillcaps, Dixie Beck, you know, Key Hive. 
Kobitos caps, crap. Uh, novel keys, pipe caps, rubber, wood keys, and so on and so forth. There's just a very big long list of people who've donated goodies to it. And they're going to be doing a raffle draw. Uh, when's the raffle draw? On the 27th of May. For anybody who's actually donated money um, <coughs> to this event. Uh, so Josh, the space cat dude, who is also uh, gee whiz without, there's a link there for Clack for Cats. And essentially, it's going to go help uh, the Alley Cat allies in finding new homes and resettling a lot of cats that have basically been left or neglected. Now, are you much of a cat person, Kevin? Um, I'm so I'm, I'm allergic to cats, <laughs> <laughs> but I like I, I really like cats. Like I am like I think cats are like the cutest thing ever. In like the entire world, kittens are like unbelievably adorable. But I like I just get really bad like itchy eyes and sneezing. So you basically need like a hairless cat. Uh, so the problem is like even the sphinxes like the hairless cats they like so I guess most of the allergens come from their saliva which they like still lick their body with so you actually need to get a cat like I did a lot of research on this you need to get a cat that is like low allergen whatever it's called which is like hopper, yeah a there's a allergenic cat yeah there's a few and but the the hairless ones aren't necessarily like that and they also require a lot of like effort uh the there's one the what is it it's called like the Ru russian not blue oh, russian oh okay not the blue russian uh the, but the there's like a lot of the rexes but i think they're kind of ugly there's like multiple different rexes i think like most of them are i think siamese are also low allergen and then, uh, dude, uh, what? Well, I don't mind cats. Like, I've, I've cat sat for uh, one family for two of their cats. Uh, the old one passed away and they got a new younger one. So, uh, yeah. Jellica was their old one. And, and she was just a grumpy thing. Would just pee in the corner whenever she was upset with you for something. You had no idea. You just go downstairs in the morning and they would just smell like cat pee. And you're like... <laughs> What the heck did I do? And then Jazzy, who was the, the new young one after Jellica passed away, she was just very full of energy, bounding around, tripping off the house alarm and stuff. So I, I don't mind cats, but uh, my wife is not really a fan of them. So and my place is really too small here to have a cat. But cats or dogs, yeah, I don't mind. It's, it's very Australian to have a household pet, actually. Siberian cat. That's, what I, that's the one I was thinking of. They're low allergen. They sound expensive just by the name. So yeah, they're so pretty too. They're like super adorable. Well, just just saying that, I'm sure someone's going to look one up and make an artisan of it, and then they're going to be like, "All right, Kevin, hand over your money right now." Oh, they're so cute! <laughs> <laughs> I just looked. I did like kitten, which is like just like the Slayer for me. Like I just can't look at kitten pictures. <laughs> oh my god. So, you know, if you like cats, if you love cats, and you want to give a bit of uh, love to some unloved cats, then make sure you go and check out the uh, Clack for Cats raffle, because uh, there's some really great stuff there that is being donated to support a worthy cause as well. Whew. You know what? We've kind of made it almost halfway through the episode. Fantastic. Don't, don't, don't give up now. <laughs> <laughs> uh Actually, so quick shout out, just because like we don't have that many topics, anyways. Uh, there's a guy named Eggplant Hero who made a bunch of cool sculpts, and he posted them on Reddit. And I wanted to give him a shout out because they look good. They're like really detailed, really nice looking. Like it looks like he has experience doing sculpting because they're fantastic looking. I just posted it in our little chat or in our sheets for you, Don, to, to scope. But yeah, I like it. I like it well, a lot. I'm sure my wife would enjoy it because his his, his name's got eggplant in it. So um, I love my wife loves eggplants. Oh yeah, Egg. I saw these. I saw Egg. the thumbnail and I thought he was holding chocolates in his hand. You know, like the mods are asleep, post misleading thumbnails. Yeah, yeah, I like those. Like they're always like plants that are like 
little plant, like lines, rows of plants that look like switches. <laughs> oh, baby. This is so pretty. Um, shout out to this 910 TGR. That's polycarbonate with a brass plate and a brass weight. Ooh, Crytone has a, a really pretty board. You should all check that out right now. <laughs> it's really nice. Oh my god. This is what happens when we have a slow week in the community, right? We're just Oof. we're just scrambling. But yeah, the, this polycarbonate keyboard reminds me of the MXSS, which is an Australian creation, which I have no idea what the heck is going on. It looks very, very bloody similar to this. And they had a prototype of this at the meetup last year in December. And to be honest, I don't know where it is at with production. So, yeah, it was going to be like $350 or something for it. That's a lot. It's a lot. But like, it's, uh, yeah, polycarb with brass and brass, just like this. So Brass on brass. Mm. But, you know, we do actually still have some random things to talk about. Uh, not very much, though. But one of our listeners actually asked if we could have a quick chat about the state of affair for low-profile switches right now in 2018. Low pro. Um, what what is the deal with low profile switches right now, Kevin? There's so like the only innovations I've seen with them recently have been like the like the the the, the little numpad that Kibio made, and then uh, also the dude from Novelkeys, MG Sickler. He's like helps like innovate them a little bit and bring them to market as like viable products but they haven't been catching on that much from like from what i've been seeing there's also like, the new cherry ones which are 30 what 30 percent lower yeah but they were i don't at ces right yeah but those i don't even know if they're like actually out yet on anything i think they're they were meant to be available for the gaming laptops like like OEMs could get them for gaming laptop purposes rather than just straight up normal standalone keyboards. But I think it's more that it's, it's Kale, right? That do the the Choco low profile. Is that what they're called? I think they're just Kale. Like K- uh, the Choco pads. No, sorry. The Choco pads. What Kibio is calling his uh, 16 switch thing. But um, they're the only two companies that made that currently have low profile switches, right? Uh, that I know of. There's also, yeah, I mean, Cherry has, like, their regular ones, too, which nobody likes. <laughs> the, the MLs, or MYs, it, whatever they are. There's, there, there's MLs, then then there's two versions of MLs. And you can actually, the interesting thing is, I don't know if you still can, but when I last checked, like, this was probably two years ago, you could buy spare ML switches on, like, Mauser. Mauser? Yeah, I think you can still get them. That's interesting because, like, I, I bet like they've never sold a single one. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would why would anybody buy them? So, so part of part of this questioning that was asked of me for this topic was, what is realistically the advantage of moving towards a low profile switch? Because they were getting frustrated because one of their friends apparently was like, oh, but you know. Gaming keyboards with low-profile switches are far superior than your Mac keyboards, um, and and they're talking about like low-profile rubber dome switches, like chiclet type keyboards, rather than like the full travel of a, a normal mechanical. Yeah, switch. I mean, if he's a gamer, we should take his word for it. <laughs> he obviously knows better than anybody else. He's a gamer. But, but, you know, but like, I was thinking about this, and really, the only distinct advantage is the fact that your bottom out is shorter right because your actuation point while it could be shorter it, it's it's not a massively big difference in terms of it's only a millimeter or two different no um well i so here's where i see potential is like ergonomics so that's that's like where it ends for me but that's also like really important and i do think that millimeters do matter especially like considering how much you type for some people so yeah i think that like there is potential there but they can't put it on like a high profile like solid aluminum 
angled keyboard because then that just ruins everything. <laughs> the whole point is to make it ergonomic. So, well, yeah. I mean, I, I feel that having a short travel switch, unless if you're very light in how you type, you're still going to bottom them out. So, but if you type the same way on a normal mechanical keyboard and you don't bottom out, isn't that better though? Because like if you get lighter spring and you're just lightly typing and moving the same amount of travel essentially on a standard switch, because the actuation point is just like 2 mil anyway, right? 2, 3 mil. So rather than going out to the full 5 mil, which is bottom out, like is there really a significant difference? Or is this simply a placebo effect? No, I, there is. I think there is a difference. Like, you could. I mean, it could be like. It could be like ten percent of your total keyboard height. I like. I. I think that there is a difference. I think that like. There is a difference, but there the only difference really is like if you could do it as ergonomically. And then I think that like, there is a difference to be benefited from. But yeah, it's kind of like small anyways. I don't know why anybody would want it and talk about how like it's better for gaming. Like that just gives me like a headache thinking about it. Like, <laughs> what do you mean it's better for gaming? It's probably because it means, you know, they, they have this thought process of the switch debounce and, and reset time allows them to move their fingers faster so they can get a higher APM and more accurate movement. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you're probably right, actually. I didn't think about it. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, while we're talking about placebos, it's a good time to talk about our competition. Which is the placebo. So we've got two, we've got one, one competition. Yes, one competition. Uh, so our monthly competition this week, well, for this month, my bad, is to send in your favorite placebo effect, right? And uh, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be a medical placebo effect. It's just anything that exhibits a placebo-like effect. Now, I'm just checking my emails on uh, how many I have and so far I've only got three entries okay so it's not a lot at all so if you do want to have a chance of uh, winning then uh, yeah make sure you get in on it now we had a second competition which was for a uh, keycap from idea 23 which I can't remember if we only said it was going to be for one week, right? We didn't say it was two weeks last week. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's only one week. So, um, and we asked for people to send in what they thought were their best keyboard innovation that made a difference to uh, you know keyboard product that changed the game, basically. And I've only got two two entries this week. So one is from Kim and one is from Michael. So I'm going to read. Kim's innovation is my vote for game changing innovation is the 1990s changeover to USB from buses like ADB and PS2. It ushered in a whole new era of compatibility and hot swappability. And I, I think that's very true. Uh, the only thing that we kind of lost with the USB changeover though was uh, key rollover. Because I think with the PS2 protocol and some of the earlier protocols, you could have an unlimited key rollover issue and it was never a problem but now that they've gone to USB because of cheaper chipsets and MCUs it does actually become you know, an issue. Now Michael's submission was that the MX slider replacements for top rec keyboards changed the game for him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty big game changer but even now though it's still not a perfect replacement. Yeah, people are still searching for Novatouch replacement sliders because the ones from JTK and the Chinese uh, vendor ones, the AliExpress ones, Alibaba ones that are made of white are actually still really inferior quality. And the KPD fans ones too. So, you know, it's and, and I know that people have talked about this uh, a bit with Cooler Master about if they're going to have these available, the the 
no overtouch sliders. And they've actually said no, they're not, they can't. It's it's out of their contract. And they've also said as part of a Ask Me Anything thread the other week that they're not going to do any more top rate collaborations in the near future at all. It's, it's not only Horizon for whatever reasons. So if you're looking to make a buck and you've got some Novatouch sliders sitting around, it's uh, something that people will definitely take off your hands. Now, I've only got two entries. So, Kevin, do you want to flip a coin for this or something? How do we do this? Um, yeah, let me go grab a coin. I'll be right back. Don't move. Don't do anything. Okay, so while Kevin's away, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to flip the order. So Michael is going to be heads, and then Kevin right. is going to be tails. There's actually like, there's there's like an arcade that I've been playing Dance Dance Revolution at, and this is like an arcade coin. Alright, as long as there's a heads and tails. Yeah, so the H, the A side, that says, that just has an H on it, is heads. Okay. Okay. Oh god, I'm, I'm not very good at flipping it, but we're going to try this. <laughs> Oh, I dropped it. <laughs> okay, wait. Alright, so sign with H. It's heads. Oh, congratulations, Michael. I actually said what it was while you went to get the coin. So, um, I, I said that it was going to be heads with Michael. I'll take your word for it, but I will be auditing that in my re <laughs> in my replaythrough. So, uh, I'm going to get in touch with you. Michael and uh, grab some details and we'll get that idea 23 keycap off to you. Yay! Should be cool. Should be good. Alrighty. Um, so yeah, make sure you send an email with the uh, placebo uh, effect of your choice and uh, we will be able to pick a winner at the end of the month for the Kibio giveaway. Should be good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, now, uh, we we have, I suppose, this geek hack thing, right? How do you want to approach this? Because yo, there's this group by and we got messed up. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's not drama because it's not right, and and it's really more, I guess, a public service announcement type of discussion. Uh, more than anything else. The group by that we're talking about is the Southpaw Extended 65%. Do you want to give us a, a lowdown on, on what the Southpaw 65% is, Kevin? Yes. The Southpaw 65% is a 65% keyboard kit that had multiple options for case design. And the, the most unique part about it was that the number pad was actually on the left side, which sets it apart from the rest because it's actually really cool. Um, the designer is Bay Area, and I'm not sure if he was at the NorCal meetup, but I did see the Southpaw 65 at the NorCal meetup, and it was fantastic looking. So unfortunately, there, 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 there are some problems. So I, I might just read through, like, can I just read through, like, what his words? Yeah, you can. All right, May 5th update, major. So, as some of you guys on Discord have heard last night, that there are some pretty major issues, in my eyes at least, with the project, and I would like everyone to have an idea of what's going on. I received the items on Friday of last week and immediately realized that there were a few things that were quite off. Because there were a number of people involved, it's not certain where the files were adjusted, but there's just a lack of accountability in the situation, so if anything needs to be re redone, I'm willing to dig into my own pockets to make things right, since I want to make something that you guys can enjoy and be happy with. There are also features discussed that didn't get revised into the final items, and that, and that part of things is being negotiated with the vendor that's working as a middleman for the production. I'll keep everyone updated as something is worked out. All these issues are listed below. Albums of the issues. Um, all right, I'm, I'm gonna skip the PCB stuff. I'll read those later. I don't really want to read about PCBs right now. Aluminum case problems. <laughs> some blemish, some blend. I'm assuming that means blemish in the run was shipped to me. For the most part, the anodizing came out amazing. Rubber pads were never manufactured. This was discussed with the same issues as the white solder mask. 
I will most likely have them done and sent out to you at a later date. I'll be throwing in bump-ons if you wish to have your board shipped ASAP. Plates. Some of the plates were hastily cut. The cut lines on some of the plates looks as if the DXF line was drawn in Microsoft Paint. About 60 to 80% of the plates were mangled in transit, partially because the vendor wrapped them together with shrink wrap and packed them with a single sheet of bubble wrap. Uh, DXF files was altered somewhere along the lines and the edges are insanely thin. This will be fixed when the new ones are made. Bent plates. The file was changed somewhere along the way and nobody wants to claim responsibility. Completely an aesthetic change, but I am personally pretty pissed about it. Enclosed steel case. Screw holes on plate sections weren't removed. Holes for cone feet were never cut. Some cases have fit issues and do not sit level on the ground. Alright, so now on to the important part. <laughs> this is really fun actually. I know everyone has been waiting a damn ridiculous amount of time for these, so I'll have a few options for you guys to choose from. For bent plates and integrated cases, since the discrepancy in manufacturing is 100% aesthetical and doesn't affect function, save for the holes, for the cone feet, and cases that have alignment issues, I will give you the option to either take the ones that are here at the moment or to wait for new ones to be manufactured. The one condition to be met for remanufacturing, though, is that we need a certain number of units in order to, to make manufacturing them viable. Probably will be something along the lines of 10 to 20 units within a one to two month lead time. For orders with aluminum cases and standalone plates, it's a slightly different situation. A large majority of plates came damaged after QC. Most qualify as either B stocks or belong with recyclable aluminum cans. The interesting, interesting fact about aluminum actually is, this is a tangent, it's actually more cost effective to use recycled aluminum for new manufacturing than to actually go out and uh, like get Make from the earth. Yeah get from the earth new aluminum that's i always thought that's incredibly interesting well, because the smeltering, the smeltering energy requirements to change bauxite aluminium oxide into aluminium is insanely high which is why recycled aluminium requires less energy hmm. interesting because most, it's actually a very big producer of uh, aluminium oxide so that's why yeah and kangaroos <laughs> because most of you guys won't be building playlist boards and probably don't want to resettle, I have three options for you. I can send you a V-stock plate and issue a partial refund. I can send you the plates in full and you can build them up playlist or you can wait for the plates to be redone. Okay, final note. I'm sorry. This is delayed. I'll be doing future projects on my own. Blah, blah, blah. Local designers. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, cool. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now I hope I hope people really, what I was going to say watching this uh, listening aren't like they're just trying to pat it out. But you know this is this is really a great way of having the transparency in that the group buyer runner uh, reconsider it is being very transparent and offering all options and straight up just admitting these are the issues and he's going to be digging into his own pockets to make things right. Now, there is an album of pictures here which you look at it and you're like, that is messed up. It's interesting because I want to know, at least in your opinion, Kevin, should the vendor be responsible for poning up the cost of getting these new plates because they're the ones that wrapped it in one layer of bubble wrap? Yes, they should, but it's going to be hard to like get them to. Because <laughs> then they might just try to be like, well, the shipping just treated it poorly. And then they'll like try to get a refund with uh, maybe the shipping company if they put like insurance on it. It's like, I just, they might just be really annoying. Yeah. And, and, and this is this is one of the things that you know if you've if you plan on getting a group by done and like even when you talked about doing this as well with the level right in your little special that you recorded the other week there's there's so many things that can happen along the way that you just don't expect and they don't come out the way that you anticipated them to right yeah yeah so 
you know, in, in regards to costing and budgeting and error rates and having a margin and fat on top of what you're doing, even the quantity of stuff that you're ordering. Now, you know, he's he said like 60 to 80% of these PC, uh, these plates, sorry, were, were stuffed up as part of the shipping. Now, if you had given yourself a buffer of like 20%, then obviously it would have reduced that significantly down to only 40 to 60% were stuffed. And at least you could get a lot more people happy with something that wasn't damaged and then have a smaller number of people that you would have to have on a wait list and so on and so forth. So these are a lot of the conditions and things that you probably need to think about if you're going to run a group buy. This is also an interesting situation because they're going through a vendor as the middleman. This group buy was not run directly to a factory like you did with your level project. Yeah. Did you ever consider that? There was like, there was like a, so are they using like a broker agent type person? From what I've been told, and I'm, I'm only using what I've been told here, the actual vendor was KP Republic. Now I have no proof of that and this is simply word of mouth when this thread was brought to my attention but that that's you know a, a manufacturer of or provider of uh, you know cheap chinese components on like aliexpress and taobao so they probably do have manufacturing partners out there but uh obviously they didn't bother doing any qc or care about the product once it left their hands yeah um yeah, uh, there's also like threads with the pictures of the damage, and it's it's just like I don't know. Like it seems like there's a lot of damage. Like every like thing has damage almost. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just so annoying. Like and it's so annoying. I don't get how this is like something that just really bothers me. So they actually like went through the work of like making it all, and then they like damage it. Like, this happened to me, too, but it's, like, you make this, like, you, like, CNC a case, and then you, like, tap all the screws in it, and then you anodize it, and then you scratch it. It's, like, what? (laughs) Why would you do that? Because, obviously, the people who scratch it at the end of the process are not the same people who actually manufactured and anodized it. It's, it's probably the guy at the end of the line who's got the worst job of actually just packing this shit and sending it out and he's just like I don't care I, it's not my job to care I'm getting paid peanuts for this I'm just going to shove it in a box probably yeah but why are they paying him in peanuts uh, well probably because peanuts are cheap I don't know and, and they eat a lot of peanuts in Asia I can tell you that boiled peanuts fried peanuts uh, you know, peanut powder, peanut sauce. It's good stuff. It goes really well in fresh spring rolls. <laughs> I would know. I, I've eaten a lot of peanut products over the years in, in growing up um, in, in an Asian household. So, yeah. But, you know, I do feel for this guy and I feel for the guys who are in the buy because it's been out of their control and, and they've been screwed real hard. Seeing the damages, I was just like, wow, that is an insane amount of stuff that's gone wrong. And when they talked about the DXF files being cut as if they were drawn in Microsoft Paint, like I had to laugh because I looked at the lines and it's like, they are wonky as hell. Like I've been watching Ink Master, so it's like this reality game show uh, thing where tattoo artists have to tattoo to win like money and and the title of ink master and they always talk about wonky lines like blowouts where when they're trying to stencil or tattoo a straight line or an edge or a curve and it's not and you look at you're like wow that looks so bad it makes the tattoo look horrible it's like somebody hand drew these plates really and they didn't even use the shifted control and they were just like dragging the mouse with the pen they use like a walk what what is it called like a walk on tablet yeah, they're just doing it with like a pencil. And and they've just had like a blowout on, on this switch plate hole, right? That's it's seriously, like if you think I'm exaggerating, if you think Ken is, uh, you think that Kevin here is laughing because it's it's absurd, it's not. You really need to click on this link 
that is going to be in this thread and look at the picture of this plate because it, it's mind-boggling how bad it is. It, you, it just... Oh, words cannot describe it. It's almost like... You know, you know what, Kevin? Looking at it at close-up right now, like I've zoomed in on this picture. It's like somebody filed these switch cutouts by hand. Oh, they look so bad. And the file they, was not a 90-degree edged file. It was like they're like jagged. Track. They're jagged. These are worse than the plates that came from Mastrop on the on the plank stuff that had like metal fragments people were cutting their fingers on. And then they anodized it. They were like, I don't even know what this is going to be used for. I'm just cutting to this pattern. I'm just going to dunk it in the anodized tank anyway. Yeah, it's like they're like. Like they, why did they anodize it? If it's so like messed up, they just still like, they're just like, oh, it's good enough. We're just gonna anodize it. <laughs> like no, stop. It's not good enough. You messed it all up. But anyway, I hope I hope you guys get a resolution soon. And uh, it is actually a really cool keyboard, the Southpaw. But I do love that Reconsiderate's Geek Hack profile actually says I'm actually not left-handed. <laughs> I do. I like this guy seems like very like legit and down to earth. So I like as far as group is going like ridiculously off the rails, like he seems like I would have confidence in him to like work it out as best as anybody would really. So yeah, like if you're in this group by um, stay positive because it could be a lot worse. Yeah, well. And shout out guys. to that. Shout out to reconsider it because he's like taking it piecewise. You know, he's like, "All right, guys, yeah. we're gonna have a meeting here, and we're gonna work through these problems, and then everybody's gonna be happy." Well, you know what? The, the response, the response in the thread has actually been pretty good. Like, it's it's pretty civil, and it hasn't degenerated into finger pointing and blaming like it can often do in these kind of situations. So. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Um, right. So now, I didn't actually talk to you about this beforehand, right? But and and you can see it here. Uh, but one of our listeners, Rodbert, came up with a really fun suggestion for something that we can do on the show, and I wanted to just talk it over with you here and also our listeners to let us know if it's something that they think we should do or not. Now, the idea was taken from a a history podcast where they have clues that they give one at a time um, to guess who they're talking about from history, right? And you lose a point for every additional clue that you need to get. And so Rodbert had actually made the suggestion of doing that for something to do with mechanical keyboards. So, for example, if I said... uh, this is clicky, and you went, oh, it's a MX blue switch, then you would win five points. But then if you were like, I need another clue, and then I said, the stem is blue, and you said, oh, MX clicky, then you get four points. Now, I don't know if there's any value to actually having points, but it's kind of like a, a guessing game type of situation. Don, Do there's you, always, you know, there, if, if there's points, it means it's a competition. <laughs> it's just going to be a winner, <laughs> and it's going to be a loser. <laughs> Do you, do you think we should do something like this? Do you think it'd be a bit of fun? Or? Yeah. Yeah, I think it would. I can see it being like, like, we could like, we could make it really hard on each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do one each for next week. What do you reckon? Come up with one item and five clues or statements about a mechanical keyboard related thing person item or whatever uh and we'll give it a shot next week what do you think yeah let's do it all right and of course if you're listening and you have suggestions that you want to send to me uh or kevin you can either send it to me on reddit under u slash flarad or to the board podcast at gmail.com or you can send ones for kevin to try and quiz me on at u slash the sir cheddar 
on Reddit. Yeah, or if you're in the Slack, you can send it there. You can, you can, you can private message it there. Now, of course, if you want an invite to the Slack, send me uh, or Kevin a message either on uh, Reddit or on email, and we'll be able to shoot you an invite to the Slack group as well. So We'll shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll email it over. We'll send it over. Now, while we're we're talking about having a bit of fun, the second word, okay, for Proto TRD's Gherkin Kit giveaway is bananas. We're talking about the curvy yellowed fruit, okay? B A N A N A S. B A N A N A S. Or as Sarah. my daughter likes to say, Nana. She doesn't have the, the full word banana yet. It's okay. The B sound is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> she gets B and P mixed up. So she doesn't say table. She says table. 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 Interesting. Um, yeah, so the actual full phrase that you want to be sending to Proto TRD via private message on Reddit is cool bananas. Plus your dad joke posted in that post yeah uh yeah you know what we're, we're kind of wrapping up as well on this particular episode uh the only thing that i thought i'd share is that my work related macro pad has got some really great traction so last i spoke about it i think i mentioned that i'd managed to get some prototypes uh, made and i put them together and since then they've actually been sent off to uh, one of the people in our innovation department and they loved it they absolutely loved it They we originally had designed it as a two PCB with standoffs in between but we've moved away from that and we've designed a, a 3D printable STL file that uh, you know, recipients of the kit could download and print and mount the, the PCB itself into and uh, we did two of them with the 3d printed case and sent them off interstate to our head office where this person is and and they thought it was fantastic we pre-flashed it with a couple of links to our website to our company's uh, YouTube and our company's like uh, careers page and, and they just were absolutely blown away with it and they gave it to their son I think his son's like eight years old or something like that and he loved it as well so you know he's like if my son loves it then this is going to be a smash where we could potentially apply this so i've been asked to generate a quote for the parts on getting a hundred of these done uh which i have and you know i'm actually pleasantly surprised that for a custom pcb with three switches three keycaps a pro micro and four m2 screws we can get it in at approximately eight dollars fifty australian with only a hundred units so it's actually really super affordable in, in that context uh, so yeah i'm really happy and proud that we've been able to get so far with the concept and, and i look forward to uh, being able to report to you guys as well that if it does work and go successful potentially you know we'll be able to get more of these done and, and use them across various promotional activities but how this is good for everybody else is if where you work or a school or you know college university group or whatever if you think there's opportunities for innovation for people to use macro pads or mechanical keyboards in some way that would be time saving and cost effective benefit don't be afraid to approach them and say, hey, look, these guys have done this and you can get this or I can help you make this or we can develop and design this. This could save you time. This could save you time in repetitive activity. This could help you save time in reducing errors, human errors, because pressing a button will always ensure that particular series of keystrokes and so on and so forth. Go for it because you never know. Somebody might bite somebody might ask you for a prototype they might love the idea and they'll fund it and you'll get some amazing kudos you know recognition and reputation for it as well now of course if you need any help in building or designing any of these devices man you've got the entire community behind you reach out to me reach out to kevin you know we can do simple pcbs based on pro micros which are very cost effective kevin can help you design cases or give you ideas for suggestions on design um, and, and there's just so many people out there that could help you as well. So 
get get cracking on making the places that you work and study and do things better with mechanical keyboards. Bam. Bam. There's this, all right, so like that's a really strong note to end on, but there's this video on Reddit of like this like bird, it might be an ostrich, that's just like walking, and then like another one like runs up and just like falls over, (laughs) and it's so, (laughs) so good. I just posted it like in the thing. We're going to include that in the description. <laughs> but it's on the top of Reddit, so I'm sure like everybody's seen it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> just like. <laughs> Alright. Amy? It's an Amy. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to say like it was an ostrich, but it's not like the same color as ostriches have like white, right? And they're way taller. Yeah, and- Ostriches are huge. They have like really massive necks and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Why does it just fall over? It slipped on the footpath. <laughs> oh, Kevin's losing it. Alright, alright, we should end it before we get too distracted. <laughs> well, thank you, of course, to everyone for listening for another episode of The Board Podcast. And, of course, uh, make sure you check out our Instagram, Facebook. Send us an email if you want to get on Slack. And our YouTube channel uh, giveaway at 2,000 subscribers. We're just over 1,700 right now. And uh, we'll see if I can put out a video this week. Even though I'm sick, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. And, of course, Patreon. If you want to shout us a coffee or, or just send us some love uh, so we can afford to keep doing silly things with keyboards. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, if you want to say goodbye, Kevin. All right. Adios. Thank you again. And, uh, of course, until next time, happy clacking.